All right, let's take a deep breath. One more. Okay. Welcome back, my soul family. If you are new here, stick around. You might like it. If you don't, that's okay too. And if you are returning, thank you so much for supporting this podcast. I appreciate you guys for so much for tuning in. So today's topic is actually going to be very, today's topic is going to be seriously in-depth. I don't even know. Okay, let's backtrack. I have been in this negative emotional state. I don't know if it's because the energy is shifting. I don't know if it's because I have not been cleansing myself, but I have not been myself like emotionally. And I think a lot of it has to do with me trying to transition into a better and updated version of myself, but I'm too busy. I'm just like, my energy is like in a rut. And I'm like, should I even get on this mic and talk on this podcast? Should I just kind of just keep this to myself? But something told me that this information needs to be relayed. So today's podcast is definitely going to talk about family and how to forgive your parents. My mother was someone that spent a lot of time putting in so much effort into her relationship. She had five kids and she did not hesitate to put her husband first. She was, for the most part, my sister was the one that raised me. And I used a lot of, how do I say this? I could say my mom was simply someone that birthed me, but my biological, not even my biological sister, but my half sister, because she has a different father. She basically raised me up until I was a teenager. And I remember all, all of us lived in the same house. And I remember always having an attitude with my mother. I remember always arguing with my biological mother because she never was emotionally available to me. It wasn't until I was of the age of 16 and I was getting more involved in boys to which I wasn't as involved in boys. My first relationship was like a long distance relationship. So, you know, sex was like far away from my mind. And my mother, she would try to find ways to belittle me because when she was my age, when I was 16, she that's when she first had her first kid. And then my, my, her first child had her first child at the same age. And then the cycle just continued. It stopped with my older sister, but, um, you know, just to not get off topic, I want to say that like my mother did a lot of projecting. Like she, I remember most of my life, my mom was always projecting her energy onto us. And I felt like that was probably one of the most difficult things because when I got older, I never understood why my mother was like, like I always felt like she was in competition. Like she would always call us out of our names. She would always belittle us. She would always say how no one would ever marry. Like she would say the most degrading things ever, but then turn around and like be very nice, you know? And if you're into astrology, my mother's a Gemini, you qualify for compensation. <laughs> so, you know, there was a lot of whiplash and a lot of hot and cold energy. Like one day she would be fine. And the next day she would just be like not feeling us at all. And she was what I would call a narcissistic mother because she would try her best to be the best parent that she could be and then turn around and say, you know what, I'm tired of this. I don't want to do this anymore. I should have never had you guys. And so my mother was like, if I could remember her in a way where I don't remember her right now, 
from my younger self or from my unhealed self, I can say she was somebody that spent a lot, like she was always working. Like my father, you know, he did what he could, but my mother was constantly working. It was to the point where I never had that conversation with her about boys and periods and all of that. Like my older sister was the one that kind of just gave me that insight. And so like my, I realized that my mother was very subliminal. Like she would scream things in the house about like every individual child, but she would never confront us about it. Like she'll be like, oh, you know, this child likes to do this. And I don't understand. Like when you guys get married, I want to know how you guys are going to be. No man's going to want to take you. And, you know, till this, like that type of mentality has led me to have like nonverbal, like I would communicate indirectly because she made me understand that if you communicate with someone out loud and not talk to them directly, you can still get your point across. You can still say the things that you want to say because you don't have to deal with confrontation. And that was probably the most worst way and the most horrible thing that I've picked up from her. And I'm still trying to learn how to reset because my mother did not sit down and talk to us. She did not sit down and say, hey, you know, this really got me upset when you did this. Why did you do this? Or why did you feel this way? She was never really patient with our emotions. She kind of spent a lot of time just trying to understand us. And when she didn't, she would get upset at the fact that we weren't opening up to her because she spent so much of her time, you know, following my dad around. And like, my dad was a very infant, like he still has issues with women. Like he has a very prominent like life of just being with women and dealing with women and getting involved with women. So he was a very promiscuous man, even during, you know, my mother's marriage. And, you know, just to fast forward, she spent a lot of her time trying to investigate what my father was doing and taking away from that, that energy from us when we were younger. And it made us feel emotionally, you know, neglected. And I really feel like as a child, it's very important to have your mother present. My father wasn't emotionally present and my mother wasn't emotionally present. So it was kind of just, we were raising ourselves and trying to learn things ourselves. And my father's way of loving us was by giving us money. It was like, hey, I'm not emotionally available to be your father, but here's 20 bucks for you to go to the grocery store or to go to the candy store. And it worked for a little while up until we were like, in our teenage years, but it kind of just felt like he did not want to be there. Like it was just like, I don't want to pay your mother for child support. So I'm going to give you the money instead and you can do whatever you want with it. And as I got older, I realized, why didn't my mother walk away? Like, why didn't she say, you know what? My kids are not getting what they need emotionally. Why couldn't I, like, why should I deal with this? And so we dealt with a lot of arguing. We dealt with a lot of waking up in the middle of the night and mommy and daddy's arguing. Um, they would go back and forth for the littlest things. And for me, I always felt like we were the reason why. We were the mistake that happened or we were the disharmony that caused this relationship to fall apart when I was younger. I always thought it was us. I always felt like we were the blame. My father brought in a lot of outside energy into the relationship and my mother involved her family members heavily into the relationship and it was just so many different energies and so many outside energies that made it very difficult for me to want to 
be like, you know, I, at one point I didn't even want to be associated with my family. I didn't want to be associated with anything. I just wanted to kind of escape. So I would spend a lot of time with, at my friend's house after school, or I would sleep over other people's houses after school. Like I would never go directly home. Home wasn't home to me. It was something that was very difficult for me to be in that environment. And so I developed certain anxieties to where I don't like speaking in front of people. Or if I speak, I try to avoid saying the truth because my mother was always like the type of person, if I spoke to her, she would get like, if I told her the truth, she would get upset. Like how she responded to the truth was very aggressive versus if I lied to her. So it was like, if I went to the candy store and I bought a candy for like two bucks, and my mom is the type of person that would normally get it for a dollar. If I tell her, hey, mom, I got this candy for $2, she'll be like, hey, like, that's not how that works. Or why the, you know, what, like she explodes, like she literally expresses her anger of, you know, why she felt like that was not right or why that was unethical in her world. And to me, it was like, oh, wow, you know, this is reasonable. Like this was the cheapest one, if anything. So I just seeing that response and how she would respond to those situations made me lean more towards lying to her. And so even now in my adult years, like it, it was always just like a white lie. Like I would always do like a white lie. It was never anything like, oh, you know, i went to go sleep over a boy's house. And, and in reality, I said, no, it's like, I went to go sleep over a friend's house. And in reality, I was at a boy's house. It was never that deep, but it was always like little white lies. Like, Hey mom, I'm going to the library and I'm going to go read a book. But in reality, I'd probably be on my phone and like doing like, you know, little things. So, you know, fast forward, I feel like I came out pretty fine. You know, I, I didn't get into boys until like 18. And so, you know, paying attention to those triggers and paying attention to those trauma responses, I've realized that most of the things that I've experienced as my years of being 22, my mother has contributed widely to my personality. Like there's nothing on this planet that I can account for trauma besides the environment that I lived in. And it doesn't even have to do with my mom because my father, I won't speak about him much because he was very emotionally unavailable the entire time. But my mother was the one that was loudly emotionally available. She was very expressive about her resentment towards my father. And she would exude that to us being his kids. And so we always felt like we were a mistake. And my mom was just like, I like, when people would always compare me to her, I would get offended because it was just like, I don't want to be like her. I don't want to act like her. I did it so much to the point where I was starting to embody her. And so just to get to the point, when you deny yourself of the freedom that you can receive when you forgive your parents, you are limiting the amount of energy that you can give the world because anger has a reservation. Resentment has a reservation. Bitterness has a reservation to you when you allow these people to come into your life and do what they did and act out in their roles and continue to let them play that role even if they're not on the roster. And so my mom spent 
so much time, like saying nasty things to me as a child. Like she even threatened to put me out at the age of 16 because she was suspicious I was talking to boys. When in reality, I did not have nothing out there in high school that I was interested in. If anything, I was the introverted girl that kind of stayed to myself. And so just to be accused of that and not having a conversation like, hey, you know, this is what sex is. This is what this is. My mother spent a lot of time assuming and kind of just belittling. And for me, I'm learning in my experience as a woman, this is not the way to go. This is never going to be the way to go. And that's only because I've accepted the fact that my mother is the way that she is because she is her own victim in her own storyline. And so we were in addition to her storyline. We were in her world. And that's her acting out to the characters in her world. But when you bring things back and you say, I'm no longer going to be a victim to your storyline, you then change the narrative over into your story and you make her the side character. So it's like, I love you. I forgive you. And I don't want you to feel any way, but this is how I feel. And so I did the same thing with my father. Like my father had a really, he had a track record of being abusive towards my mother. And for me, it was very hurtful because he was very sweet to his kids, but he was very abusive emotionally and sometimes physically to my mother. And that made me feel very, very horrible. Like I had, still to this day, I have the worst anxiety when dealing with men or being around men. And I've realized that now and to which I'm even like, I'm getting closer to steps to taking therapy, but I just always felt like she, he was just not good for her. And I still feel like he's not good for her. But to me, as the little girl growing up, that little daughter felt like he cared, but he cared to the extent where he, he loved his kids, but he did not like the woman that he had the kids with. It was almost as if after he was with you, you meant nothing to him. You meant you had no value outside of what he's already become or made of you. And so growing up, I've realized that I've always, like even when I was talking to boys, I've only been in two solid relationships, but even when I was talking to boys or like trying to form a relationship with boys, I always was attracted to the emotionally unavailable men. And I never understood why. I never just, I never understood why. Like they weren't romantic. They were dealing with issues at home. They probably had like a disconnection between them and their family as well. And those were particularly the boys that I was always attracted to. And so I say this, you know, I, I mentioned this to say this, that even if you think that you've forgiven your parents, or even if you feel like you have done enough on your part as a child or as their child and you serve what you can, there is nothing more liberating than saying, I am not a victim in your story. I am not someone that is someone that you can control, someone that you can just say, hey, you're going to do this and and I'm just going to go do it. That's not me. Maybe when I was younger and didn't have li obligations or liabilities or just like, you know, pay my own bills, that was okay. But now that I'm older, the narrative is switching over to me. 
And it's okay to be angry. It's okay to not know how to feel towards your parents or trying your best to be there for them and they keep messing up. That's fine. But you have to understand that forgiving them is more important than just trying to have a relationship with them. Because when you're trying to pursue a relationship with your parents, you are dismissing everything that they've done to you in hopes that they're going to be a better person. Because now that you're older, it's like you shouldn't mess up now. So now you come into this relationship with expectations. You come into this relationship with hopes that they're going to be the parent that you want them to be. And that's not how it works. Your parents are only here to feed you, groom you, shelter you, and move on. If they decide to love you unconditionally, that's a plus. If they decide to get you through college, that's a plus. If they support you and make sure that you're always okay, that's a plus. But their job is to keep you alive, literally. And I know this is going to sound very harsh to people that might have supporting parents. But again, this podcast is for people that need to forgive their parents. People that have issues with connecting with their parents. Because if you say, hey, Brie, I grew up in a very stable household. This podcast isn't for you. And you guys know, I'm not scared to say if a podcast isn't for you, then don't make the shoe fit. But I'm talking about the ones that grew up with absent mothers and absent fathers, emotionally or physically, and have no idea how it's affecting them. And so how does not forgiving your parents affect your spiritual journey? You are only allowed to love in ways that you've been loved. Let's rewind that. You can only allow you can only love someone in ways that you know love or you first experienced love. So the first types of affection and love that you've seen or been exposed to was the first relationship that you saw growing up when you were a child whether it be your parents, whether it be your aunts and uncles, whether it be whoever you grew up with, that dynamic of love is what you think love is or what you believe love is to be before social media and all that other stuff that comes in, all that other white noise. It starts with home, okay? If you grew up with a single mother, how she was with other men, whether she was dating, whether she didn't show her dating life or whether she didn't really act on her romantic life. That's how you think you should be, right? So it's like, my mother was a strong, independent woman. So I'm going to thrive to be a strong, independent woman. I wasn't given any idea of what love should be like. Okay. So you've never seen it. Same thing for fathers. My father was a very independent guy. I just know he put food on the table. I didn't really know what he was like with other women. Cool. So fast forward, your first real relationship, your first ideal person. Do you remember who was the first person you fell in love with and describe them? How did they look? How were they as a person? How did they treat you? When you were emotional, how did they respond? Did they give you flowers? Were they involved into your emotional, spiritual state? Did they want to meet your parents? If you had a flat tire, would they come and save you? How were they? 
because it all starts with the very first person that you date, the very first boy that you're interested in. And I'm not talking about the ones that you like and never dated or your high school crush. I'm talking about the boy that you dated and you were with for a long time before you guys decided to call it quits. And now think back at that person and fast forward till today. Is that the same person that you're interested in? Or is that the same person that you would go for? Now compare the qualities of what you want now and what you've gotten before. And now compare those qualities to your father. Are they similar? Are they very different? Embodying those those qualities is different. But you have to understand, and I even said this on my Twitter account, follow me at Badusa. If you don't heal from your trauma, you will start to mirror it. Everything that you are going through in this process, in this world, is linked back to your parents. Whether they were present, whether they weren't present, or whatever idea that you have of them, exist in a physical form and for every time you do not forgive them you are attracting more of that energy into your life in the form of spouses in this form of just triggers trauma responses friends you hold on to that because it's easier to hold on to pain than it is to release it Because you don't want to feel that again. You don't want to go, you don't want to explore the unknown of what's going to happen if I release this pain. Sorry, guys, I just got a text. (laughs) But just to, you know, get back into what I was saying, I do feel like it's very liberating to forgive your parents. So where do you start? You ask yourself, or I'm asking you, where do you start? You start from the beginning. You go back and you try to embody what it is that you have not healed from in your childhood. If your mother was verbally abusive, forgive her and remind yourself That everything she said that you were going to be and everything that she thought you were, that's not who you are. If your father was emotionally unavailable like mine, forgive him because he was trying his best. If both parents are not there, forgive them. Set yourself free from this idea that you are a victim in someone else's story because that's not your role. It was when you didn't have control, but the purpose of this journey is to take back your control, to take back your power. And you can't do that if you keep giving it to the same people that has compromised it for so long. 
you have to be the one to say, it stops right here. And I forgive you. It can be nonverbal. It doesn't have to be physical. You don't have to call them and say, I forgive you. I mean, if you do and do say that, you got balls. Because you're showing them that I'm not your victim. I'm not your prisoner. I'm not going to wait for you to come around because I know you think I am. But I'm not. But forgiving your parents is seeing them as a person. You are a human. You know, if you didn't get to college because your parent got in the way, try your best to beat that idea that they got in the way. If you weren't successful because your parents didn't put in enough effort to take care of you, you change that and you be successful so that your kids don't feel the same way. Do not project the same energy that was given to you onto someone else because it manifests. And then you wonder, why is this happening to me? Because the trauma that you haven't healed from your mother is causing you to be hyper-dependent. It's causing you to think that you have to be in control of everything. Not healing from your mother makes you disconnected from your feminine self. But Brie, I have a great relationship with my mom. I just can't, you know, I just have trouble. No, doesn't matter. Because I have a great relationship with my mother too. But the minute that I feel myself being just in this energy of hyper-dependence or I can do it myself or I don't need no man and I'm married, I know it's a disconnect from my femininity. I know it's resentment or me trying to play the role as my mom. Because she was once like that. She became so hyper-dependent that my father abused it. And he did, just couldn't act for himself. He couldn't do things for himself. Because my mom was always handling it. But had she acted frail and dainty and I don't have to do this. You don't have to. I'm not going to touch that. Maybe he would have been a little bit softer with her, but because she handled everything, he had no reason to be a man. He had no reason to step up. And my father, forgiving him was mostly just hugging him. It was never verbal. It was just kind of hugging him in my mind and thinking about how he was as a kid. And why he, you know, uses his trauma to be silent. Why does he use physical things to satisfy his emotional needs? And so healing yourself is visualizing yourself, hugging your parents. Or hugging them physically if they're still alive or if they're still here or if you can reach them. Because your job is not to be a victim in your parents' story. They gave you life. And once you are grateful for that, there is nothing that they can do to you that can make you feel like you should not be grateful. I mean, they'll constantly remind you why you should be more grateful. But at this point, there's nothing really left that you can do. 
they're your parents. They're not perfect. And I'm pretty sure when you have kids, you're not going to be perfect. But the first step is to heal and to be the best. And if you're not thinking about kids, heal for yourself. So that way, when you move forward, you can be the best. Don't expect support from your parents all the time. But if you mention something you're excited about and your parents support you, that's a great thing. But if they're not too enthusiastic about it and they're very judgmental, then maybe they're not the person that you should be telling the news to. But it helps. So I hope this podcast helped Soul Family. I hope you all are doing okay. Um, This is actually the first part of the Forgive Your Parents podcast. I'm thinking about releasing a second one within the next week um, where I'll go more in depth. But this is more just an empathetic level to connect to those who might be struggling with those issues with forgiving their parents and... um, we're, next week, we're going to get a little bit more analytical, but for today, we're just going to keep it real smooth and soft. So if you are listening to this, thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys have a great week.